You are listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast where we discuss all things congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease. I am Maddie Manley, a Pacific Northwest mom to an adorable son with CMD. And I am Megan Meyer, a Midwest mom to a sweet daughter with CMD. Together, we are Two Rare Mama Bears. We hope to share with you challenges, struggles, triumphs, and accolades in the congenital muscular dystrophy and rare disease community while learning and growing along the way. Well, here we are once again for another episode from Two Rare Mama Bears. Uh, We are joined by Nick Hancart, who is the public affairs manager of Stable and works with the Ohio Treasurer of State. He's going to talk to us about something our community may want to know about in order to access and uh, use smartly for themselves. But before we get to Nick, I'm first going to read a review that we've gotten uh, on one of our social media channels that warmed our hearts. So we wanted to share it with you folks. This person says, this podcast and these incredible mamas have been saved, have been my saving grace. A couple of weeks ago, I learned that my son has a form of LMNA-related muscular dystrophy. It took six years and ultimately whole genome sequencing through the Undiagnosed Diseases Network at Stanford to finally detect the itty-bitty brand-new LMNA mutation that has not been documented in medical literature to this point. Since then, I've been binge-listening to every episode each chance I get. There's a great level of comfort knowing someone has gone through almost exactly what we've gone through. Not only do I relate to these women 100%, but I live for the awareness, information, and research in the episodes that they cover. You guys are my favorite. Thanks for helping my perspective. That was sweet. Mm -hmm. Manny and I sent hearts back and forth to each other when we read that. Um, So we just wanted to give a little shout out and say thanks for thinking of us. All right, so Nick, how are you today? I'm doing great, um, and I appreciate you and Maddie for giving me the opportunity to come on here and talk with you all today. We're excited to have you and are very excited to share about the ABLE program and how it helps our community. Nick, can you first tell us about yourself and how you got into working with the STABLE program and just kind of share with us a little glimpse into your life? Of course. Well, I'm actually born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, and I still work here, so I've been here my whole life, but uh, I took a little four-year hiatus and went to the University of Dayton for college, and when I was at UD, that's actually where I was introduced to the treasurer's office. I was an intern for two summers for the office, working in several different departments, some amazing people that I got the opportunity to meet. And when I, when graduation time came, it was finals week and I got a call and they asked me to come on full time to work on nothing but the stable account program. Our office has um, a large public affairs staff because we have many front facing programs um, that the treasurer's office operates, but I'm very happy to be solely on nothing but stable accounts. It gives me the chance to travel around the state as well as across the country to just talk and to let people know and educate people about what ABLE accounts are, how they can be beneficial in their own situations. And now I can even 
have the chance to talk about how we can see people using those stimulus checks that they may be receiving to put them into a stable account. And I know that we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit as well. Do you want to give us a little bit of kind of the basics, the major bullet points on what the accounts are? Of course. So stable accounts are actually an ABLE plan. So most people that are listening across all 50 states, they'll have heard of ABLE plans or ABLE accounts. And that is the federal law. So back in 2014, the federal law was passed and ABLE accounts came into existence. But that stands for achieving a better life experience because that's exactly what the goal of these accounts are for, uh, for individuals and their families. But once the federal law was passed, then they handed it down to states and they said, all right, everybody, it is your turn. You can establish your own plan. And their original idea was to have it be 50 states, 50 plans, everybody's in charge of their own citizens just like a 529 program, a college savings program. We're very similar to those. And what happened is we've still seen, even five and a half years after the ABLE Act being passed, that we still have not seen people or states, I should say, adapting the program. There are only 42 states that have ABLE plans. And that means that citizens of eight states theoretically would have been left in the dark with that. And so that's why we're really happy that there are certain states like Ohio uh, and the stable account program that operate a nationwide account. So it does not matter where people live. Uh, they can be in any state and we already uh, in Ohio's plan just because we're operating out of Ohio. We already have people from all 50 states that have that have joined the plan and jumped in. Nice that there's some continuity that is being provided for the folks that might be living in one of those eight states. Yes, That's of awesome. course. And uh, besides the history aspect, the a lot of people ask me and my team what our goal is with the accounts and spreading information about them. I would say that our goal is to get rid of the term spend down because we hear that so often when an individual is receiving benefits, but they don't want to lose their benefits, so they're spent, they'll spend down funds at the end of every month to continue to make sure that they're getting those benefits, but they don't have to now, because they can use their ABLE account to shelter those funds and to make sure that they can save for the future, because when people were beholden to a resource limit, that they they really didn't have that opportunity without having a lot of money for a special needs trust. So ABLE accounts fit a really unique role for people in their lives. I mean, it can be used for 15 or 50 years, or it could be used for 15 days, whatever somebody's prerogative might be. So would you say just real quick that that's the goal of an ABLE account is to be that buffer spot, if you will, for, um, folks so they don't need to do the monthly spend downs to get under a certain limit? Of course. Yes. I think that that's a perfect synopsis of it um, because we've seen people lose thousands and thousands of dollars over years because even they, they're just spending down their phones. So once they learn about what an ABLE account can do for them, even if they're not going to spend it and they're just going to use it as a savings vehicle, that's incredible. And this is 
strictly for people with disabilities or is this for um, elderly as well? It is for individuals with disabilities. Now we have, um, we have some eligibility requirements that go along with that. Now we serve people of all age ranges. So we have infants that are in the program, their parents have set up the account or guardians have set up the account for them. Uh, we also have individuals in their 80s and 90s. So we serve all age ranges, but the main eligibility requirement that we have is the disability for that individual or the individual's condition that it has occurred or onset before they turn 26. And again, that doesn't mean that they have to be below the age of 26, but they were able to state that they were when it happened. Got it. That helps. So Nick, can you tell us a little bit about how the stable accounts can be used with the stimulus checks that have been sent out? Of course. So this is a unique opportunity for a lot of people because a stable account, or I'm just going to refer to them as ABLE accounts, so the nationwide plan in general, not just Ohio's, that able people can place their stimulus funds into an ABLE account, and it allows for them two things. One, it allows for them the opportunity to save and invest that money, because no matter what ABLE account you join, that you can invest the money if you choose to that is completely optional, but it is available for the for individuals. The other side of it is just saving, and the money that they're gonna be placing into their ABLE account is FDIC insured. So they know that their money's uh, insured and that it's protected, which is the most important thing for a lot of families. On top of that, for those that are receiving a stimulus check through the CARES Act, that we can make sure that the, the funds that they're receiving will not affect their needs-based financial aid. So the big ones that we think of are Medicaid and SSI. There are of course others that fall under this umbrella, things like housing and urban development, section eight programs, or here in Ohio it's SNAP, our food stamp program as well. So anything that's a, a means-tested benefit for an individual where they're gonna have a resource limit or 12 months down the road from now when the stimulus check may be counted as a resource for that individual that it allows for them to not have to worry about it ever counting as a resource. Those are the, those are the, two, big, the two big reasons why people can consider placing all of it, some of their funds into their ABLE account. Does an ABLE account, is it a long-term? Is it a short-term? I guess if people are thinking I'm going to deposit my CARES Act stimulus check into my ABLE account, how and when can I get it back? That's a great question. And for us, people using our families, uh, people using the account, it's completely up to their prerogative. Uh, they can take the money out, or excuse me, they can put money in and then get it out the next day. Or they can keep the money in for any period of time that they choose. So maybe somebody is savings for for a specific purpose. Maybe it's a down payment on a house or for a car or even just saving for a rainy day fund that the ABLE, or the ABLE account can allow for them to fit all of those needs because we don't have specific requirements on, well, you have to spend the money by this or you have to put new money in every month. None of those kind of odd rules apply with ABLE accounts as long as you're as long as the account is 
has money in it, then it's considered active and people can use it at their choosing as well. So it makes it very accessible and easy to use as needed as things arise for the individuals and families. Exactly. And one big thing that, and depending upon what state somebody is living in, I would recommend first comparing ABLE programs. So especially if you are in a state where you don't have an ABLE program, I would recommend comparing two and three different states. And there are websites that people can do that side by side. And it's almost like somebody's buying a car or a cell phone that you're literally seeing what is available to you because the main crux of every ABLE program is the same. We're saving somebody's money, whether it's money from uh, a job, whether it's money from a CARES Act stimulus check, or, but there are, between states, there are some different, some different circumstances that may be different. So some states have a debit card, like Ohio's, the stable accounts, we have a debit card that people can use. Other states might not. Some states are nationwide so that anybody can join. Other states are specifically only for those state citizens. And if they move, then they need to roll over their account as well. So certain things like that, uh, I would recommend that people be aware of when they're choosing an ABLE account as well. Uh, a lot of individuals and families will choose their own state simply because that usually comes along with a tax deduction, but not in all cases as well. So if somebody has questions on their specific state's ABLE account program, where would be the best place for them to go for, to get a resource for more information? For me, I would, if, if I was in their shoes, I would, let's say somebody lives in Colorado, for example, they might Google Colorado ABLE account and their, their states will be the first one that pops up. And every state does have a customer service team. That can help field and answer any questions. I also work with people uh, and just letting them know people that are in different states or for example, uh, I'll use Colorado again, that if somebody got in contact with me and wanted to know about the Colorado ABLE plan, I'm not an expert on that plan, but I do know the people that work in that state for that program. So we're a, people, in the, people in the community are able to get people in touch with the right professionals that are able to answer their questions. So for example, if I'm not able to answer the question, I know who can. That's good to know that there, each state has a customer service team too, so that you're not left with a brochure or just a website to figure it out on your own. Yes, yes. And surprisingly for government entities, a lot of these websites are extremely easy to use, which is a great differentiator from the norm that we see usually with government website. So I know that here in Ohio, that the Ohio JFS website is coming under some, some heat right now for the unemployment application. But Maddie and I are both here nodding. <laughs> we, you know, we've got kids on Medicaid, so we've navigated that. You read some of the language and you're like, ah, no idea what that just said or what I'm supposed to do. Easy to navigate website. I am all on board. Customer I know, who would have thought? Not only automated customer service, perfect. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> on, on top of that, one thing I love is that a lot of states put out some incredible material on YouTube. Um, I know for us, for example, we had a young lady all the way on California, and she set up a stable account, but she also put up a video while she set up her stable account to show people kind of 
the walkthrough process and what people might encounter or any, you know, answering any questions that people might have. And that video is a couple years old, but I still always, always recommend it to people because the, it might not look a hundred percent the same, but you're still going to be seeing 90% of the same information anywhere that you sign up. That's a cool idea. Right. People are different kinds of learners. Some people mm -hmm. read it to learn it. Some people watch it to learn it. Some people need to hear it to learn it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Just to clarify, federal government is not going to deposit your stimulus check into the ABLE account for you. You have to physically take that step to do it should you want that to occur, right? Yes, you are exactly right. Uh, there was some whispers here or there of it being directly deposited if somebody had an ABLE account, but there were far too many moving puzzle pieces for that to, for that to get ironed out. And especially when people are also receiving SSI, they thought that the best course of action would be to just put it into the account that they're already aware of. But again, there are no, there are no penalties or charges for taking money out of a checking or savings account and putting it into the ABLE account. All of those transactions are free. And what people can do with it, of course, they don't have to worry about resource limits when the funds are in their ABLE account, but also all of the tax advantages for ABLE accounts stay the same. There are many states that offer a state tax deduction. So for anybody that contributes funds, they can claim a state tax deduction as well as if somebody's investing the funds, because again, that's optional, but if somebody's investing the money and we see interest earned, so people have made money on the account, those funds are tax-free and they're tax-free as they grow and they're tax-free when they're withdrawn as well. If there were three major things that you could tell people that maybe haven't been familiar with the ABLE account or are a little bit in, kind of intrigued, what are the top three things you would tell them? The, the first I would go with is save your money without losing your benefits. That's the number one. To me, uh, when I talk with parents, everything else, and we do have some amazing parts to ABLE accounts besides just that, but that's the main crux. We wouldn't be here without that piece. So that's the big one for me. The second is everything is always done online. doesn't matter for, for ABLE accounts. Everything is done online. This is nice, one, because you don't have to go into a specific bank. Uh, you don't have to wait in line, make an appointment. We were, we were talking about those offices earlier. That is very stereotypical of those types of places. But when it comes to ABLE accounts, all you do is go online. So especially when it comes to parents and guardians, they're, they're stretched for time. And so just being able to take 20 to 25 minutes on your own time and setting up the account, you can do it in your pajamas, anything like that. It allows for, for people to be able to do that as well. And the third one that I would say is flexibility. There's flexibility for anything that people want to do with this account, whether it's what they want to spend the money on, how long they want to keep the money saved. Uh, it's flexibility. It's whatever that in that family or person's goals may be, their, their, financial, their financial status that they want to have, that can be achieved. And if they use an ABLE account, it's definitely uh, a tool in the toolbox to help them do that. So I'd have to go that that's my main three as well. I love that though. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to keep that in the back of my mind as well. <laughs> 
in the world I work in, which is biomedical research, the researchers are always talking about what's their elevator speech? What's the elevator talk? How can you tell people what you do in literally like 15 seconds? So Maddie just gave you the do three things mm-hmm. elevator pitch. Yeah, I'll just go to uh, an ABLE account is a financial account for individuals with disabilities that allows for them to save and invest their funds without losing any government means tested benefits. So I was at like 10 seconds, but I think I made it in the elevator. Uh, I'll count it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, so I think we've covered these pretty well. Um, and just to kind of wrap us up and get one more glimpse maybe into your life, can you tell us, since you've been working with individuals with disabilities in your career, what's maybe one of the most rewarding things that you've come across or that you've been able to experience working with that population? I would have to say last July, I went to, it's called the GLUT1 Deficiency Foundation. Um, And they had their, it was their second ever national conference, but we were the only people in the financial side at all. Um, We had a booth, we were a part of a panel, um, we were constantly interacting with families all day long. It was an absolute blast while I was out there as well. Um, I got to go to a, a benefit for the National Down Syndrome Society as well. So we were able to do a lot while we were out there. But I would say that it was the most rewarding for me because so many families that were in the, the rare disease community, especially this one, they weren't they weren't aware of ABLE accounts at all to start off with, but they weren't aware of a lot of the financial obstacles or problems with government benefits that they and their children may be coming into in the future. And so being able to provide them with that information and answers to those questions, solutions to those problems, that's, that's probably been my favorite, favorite time that I've had so far. It was just amazing. So watching the light bulb kind of go off for some of those families was kind of what fed your soul and giving you fulfillment of why you're doing what you do, what you do, right? Yes, I, I love it. And my family and my coworkers know this very well. I can talk until I'm blue in the face, but to actually be able to provide people with some impactful information in their lives, that it just doesn't get any better for me. So if people want to get more information on Stable Account, since you said it is a program that does serve folks all across the country, where could they go to to gather more info? So for us specifically, our website is where everything is done. And that website is stableaccount.com. We try to keep it simple. If you Google it, it'll be the first thing that pops up as well. Um, But for those of you that maybe want to look into other states or other opportunities that somebody may have, there's a, there's an online resource called the ABLE National Resource Center. And it's a great, uh, it's a great hub that compares all 50 states, gives news and industry updates. They, They work with all of us. So all the 42 states that have plans, they work with all of us to constantly be putting out information and keeping people up to date on what's happening in in the ABLE world. So 
those two places I would recommend for people to go first. We will link them in the uh, in the description. Yeah, thank you, Nick, so much for joining us this evening. I know that I have information now that I did not know or understand before, which is super helpful, as most people in the community will probably say. You get a whole lot of information when it comes to the government programs that uh, we participate in that doesn't make sense. So I think this was awesome because it was very digestible and I'm not confused, so that's helpful. So thank you for joining us and everybody that wants more information, make sure you look for the links in the description to find out more about the ABLE accounts. Yes, thank you all so much for, for having me and allowing me to come on here and talk to you and your listeners and uh, I hope you all stay very safe. Thanks for joining us and listening to Two Rare Mama Bears, a Cure CMD podcast, where these two mama bears will leave no stone unturned because failure is not an option. This podcast is nothing without you, our listeners. We welcome your feedback and topic suggestions. Please interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you will find us, Two Rare Mama Bears. Please subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications of new episodes and give us a rating or review. We would like to thank the talented individuals who keep us on task and make this podcast sound great, Luke Manley and Justin Meyer, respectively. The views expressed in this recording do not represent the opinion of Cure CMD or your podcast provider. Medical research, legal, or financial opinions or advice expressed in this podcast should not be substituted or interpreted as professional advice. Please consult your healthcare provider or other appropriate professional regarding any health-related or other concerns.